This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Well, look, wherever you fall on the political spectrum, Democrat, Republican, somewhere in between, whoever gets elected governor this year is going to be responsible for dealing with some pretty big problems. We have some economic problems. We have some problems with respect to crime. We have some problems with respect to just the morale of everyday New Yorkers. And the more and more people I talk to, including people I grew up with, they just can't wait to move out of the state. They can't wait to move to Florida. So whoever gets elected next is going to have their hands full. That's why we have invited each and every declared candidate for governor on this program. And uh, we want to get an idea of their vision for the state. And hopefully, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, help you decide who you'd like to vote for this June and then ultimately this November. Well, one of the first people to accept our invitation to be on the radio is someone whose name is no stranger to New Yorkers, no stranger to the WABC audience. That's Andrew Giuliani, former Trump administration official and a Republican candidate for governor. Andrew, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Frank, always great to be on with you. And I'll tell you what's exciting. You are the first interview we're doing as it's officially petitions beginning right now, as a matter of fact. So we're very excited about that. and Happy to to announce it right on your show here. Petitions are beginning today. Now, we'll, we'll talk about that, but if someone wants to volunteer to circulate petitions or if somebody wants to sign your petition to get on the ballot and you need a minimum of 15,000, which in New York political circles probably means you need closer to 30 or 45,000. If people want to do that, what's the best way for them to sign up to volunteer or sign up to have someone come take their petition signature? Best, best thing to do is just email us at jobs at nyforgiuliani.com. You can also go on our website and click the volunteer button uh, and sign up right there. Uh, you know, we, we've had a, a really, really strong response for the volunteers all around the state. I mean, we're getting it everywhere from Erie County to Richmond County, your home county there, Frank. Uh, yeah, we're seeing it everywhere, and we're very excited. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, an event going on in Richmond County this afternoon where people can actually meet you and uh, some other guy with the name Giuliani that people may be familiar <laughs> with. But I know your your wife is of uh, Lithuanian descent, and uh, just last year you lost your mother-in-law. How is she viewing, and how are you viewing as somebody that you know has family in the region, the events that we're seeing in Eastern Europe? and Ukraine especially, and uh, the, the concern that uh, the Baltic states are right on the front, front line of what's, what's happening with Russia and Ukraine? Well, it's very concerning. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I was talking with this today with my wife in terms of, you know, what is, what is Putin's next step in all this? And, you know, what she said was, was very simply this. Um, you know, you look at uh, Trump, and, and they, they've been given Trump some hell for what he ended up saying, uh, you know, about Putin genius or whatever it was. And she said, to be honest, I feel so I felt so much more comfortable when Trump was in office for my family than I have with Biden in office or Obama. And, and the results are there. Right. I mean, you look in the Obama administration, they annexed Crimea uh, for four years. The media told us that uh, Trump was owned by Putin, yet he did nothing but put 31 different sanctions, would not approve the Nordstrom 2 pipeline, and Putin didn't take one step forward. And now just over a year in office uh, for Biden, and Putin is, is moving further into Ukraine as we speak. Um, it's a very, very scary time right now in Eastern Europe, and, uh, and I know uh, my family there 
uh, they're very concerned looking at what his next step is. Mm, I know I can imagine. Well, best of luck uh, to uh, her family and to uh, everybody that uh, that she knows out there. Now, you're running for governor. Uh, There's a very competitive Republican contest. The convention is going on right now for people that are hearing about your candidacy for their for the first time or really don't necessarily know what you're all about. What boil your campaign down to the biggest three issues or the biggest three themes? Why are you running for governor and what kind of governor are you going to be? Well, first and foremost, right, it's reducing crime. We have to make sure on day one as governor, we repeal bail reform. Looking at Kathy Hochul's State of the Union speech, State of the State speech uh, a little over a month ago, she would not mention bail reform or cashless bail. Shows how out of touch she actually is. So for us, that's a primary issue. We need to get crime under control and stop the war on cops on day one. Uh, Secondly, and I would say just as important, I mean, thank goodness we're starting to see these mask mandates rolled back. Uh, But what about the people that have lost their jobs because of the vaccine mandates? Well, look, on day one, we repeal the vaccine mandates and whatever mask mandates are remaining. Let's hope to God that there aren't any remaining uh, on January 1st of next year. But also, I want to make this pledge to all New Yorkers. Anybody who lost their job because of these mandates, they will get their job back with back pay. Uh, and then third, I would say, you know, it's, it's education, right? You look at uh, the lack of choice that we have in schools in New York. I mean, we have a charter school cap at 460 statewide because you've had Democratic politicians, Democratic governors, the last four of them, who have been beholden to the teachers union. By the end of my first term, I've pledged to get that cap over 1,000 and create a tax voucher system. That way dollars follow students and are not dictated by the bureaucracy. But look, just as importantly, right, we need to figure out from an economic standpoint how New York is a job creator again. Uh, That, to me, is is just as important. That's through deregulation. That's through cutting taxes. So we're competing with Florida rather than Texas or California, or we're competing with uh, Florida rather than California or Venezuela, I should say. Uh, So, I mean, look, I would say those four issues uh, are kind of the main issues of our campaign. But, you know, just like anything in New York, right, you've you got to get crime under control. Uh, and you mentioned some other guy named Giuliani. He seemed to do a decent job of that in the 90s. <laughs> That's true. And, of course, people can listen to him every day these days right here on WABC at, uh, at 3 p.m. where he's doing a great job on the radio. So the Republican convention is going on right now. Today they're expected to nominate a gubernatorial candidate. It's not expected to be you. They are expected to do the same thing that the conservative party did a few days ago and nominate uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin. Is there any chance that uh, after the convention endorses Lee Zeldin, that you drop out of this race, maybe support his candidacy or choose to run for something else other than governor? We are, I've been looking at what the 2.9 million registered Republicans have been saying throughout this process here, Frank. And, and the exciting thing for us is there have been six statewide polls taken, and every single poll has us winning by double digits. The last poll, which came out just last week, had us up 20 points over Congressman Zeldin uh, and Rob Astorino. So for us, uh, we look at it and say, I believe that once we get our name on the ballot, we are the overwhelming favorite and we are going to be the nominee. You know, look, the congressman can be the presumptive nominee. He could be the designated nominee. I'll be the nominee come June 29th. Uh, You know, we're very excited in seeing uh, the results that we've seen in each and every single poll. And I think, Frank, that's because we've been able to connect 
with voters in a way that maybe my Republican friends and competitors have not. Is there going to be some, and I've heard people say this on the radio, that say, look, it's already so difficult for a Republican to win in New York State against a a Democrat that's uh, better funded and has a partisan registration advantage. Isn't it better for the Republicans to unite behind a single nominee rather than have whomever emerges from a primary squander their resources winning over Republican votes? What do you say to that argument, that? Uh, the Republicans mm-hmm. would be better off uh, marshalling their resources for the general election as opposed to having three or four candidates fight it out in a primary. Well, that simply is an argument that's not supported by the data. Uh, if you look at the Republican Governors Association numbers on this, in blue states that have primaries, Republicans perform 25 percent better uh, than in blue states that choose not to have primaries. So I think the numbers actually support the fact that we should have an intramural primary. That way you're actually competing for the news cycle, right? I mean, that's such an important thing, and it's been so important to do that. When you have multiple candidates that are canvassing the state that are going all around, you're going to do that. So I think for us, we're just seeing in the numbers, in the data, but also what's more, uh, if you do want to make that argument, shouldn't it be the candidate who is actually leading uh, from the 3 million registered Republicans, the 2.9 million registered Republicans in the state. So to me, that argument I find to be uh, one of, well, shouldn't you back out because there are a few people in a back room in Albany that back in April of 2021 decided who the candidate Mm. was going to be. Shouldn't you back up? And to me, it's very simply this. No, we live in a democracy. As many people as possible should participate in this. And I'm going to make darn sure, Frank, that come June 28th, that every single Republican in New York has a voice, has a say over who their nominee is. And it's not just going to be a couple people in a back room in Albany or in a hoity-toity hotel in Garden City. It, it sounds like you feel like you might not have been given a fair shake to compete for the nomination. Do you feel, whether it's on a statewide basis or with respect to the individual counties, that maybe you were denied an opportunity to compete fairly for the nomination? Well, what I would say simply is this, right? Before I even announced my candidacy, 65% of the county uh, of the county chairs uh, had endorsed uh, had endorsed already. So this was pre-baked. Um, you know, I think it was pretty obvious that it was, and there really was not a fair shot for either myself or Mr. Astorino or Mike Carpinelli or Derek Gibson or or now uh, or now Wilson's in the race. So, so for me, I, I think it's pretty obvious to anybody op- who opens their eyes. But look, I'm a big boy. I've been around politics my entire life. We know how this goes. Uh, I just think it's very important that we continue to press on to make sure all of the registered Republicans in New York have the opportunity to say, I want this person, I want that person. Because, Frank, if we don't, I mean, at this point, that, that, then unfortunately the Republican Party is just going to suffer because we need people to participate in the process as as a party that is outnumbered over two to one in the state if we're now saying to our registered voters actually you know what uh you may like a certain candidate you may like him by 20 points but guess what uh, i don't really care what you say because we made a decision in albany back in april of 2021 what is that going to do for our party frank sure. what is sure. that going to do for the republican party so for me uh in some ways the party has handed us this opportunity to be able to say, you know what, we are out there and we are championing championing the ideas of the 2.9 million registered. 
I'd much rather be the actual nominee than the presumptive nominee. <laughs> it, it went, we've seen a lot of ideological battles take place in the New York Republican Party over the years. For many years, there was a, a stark division between the so-called Rockefeller Republicans and mm-hmm. the more conservative wing of the party. If we are going forward with a primary that includes you and includes Lee Zeldin, are there any specific issues which you believe that you differ significantly from him on, or are there any other areas that you believe he's particularly deficient as a candidate? Well, you know, you'd have to ask him that, I think. I think probably as, as the person who has been leading in every single statewide poll by over double digits, I, I kind of look at it as, you know, we'll let, we'll let him answer that and chase us on this. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's, it's a matter of just making sure we're laying out the agenda. And I think because of that, I think New Yorkers are uh, are, are really, um, you know, they're res- it's resonating with them, right? I mean, obviously, first and foremost, as we mentioned before, we have to end the war on cops. We have to get rid of bail reform. Um, I think I think you're going to hear that from almost every Republican candidate. And if you don't, um, then then they're probably uh, they're probably not a Republican, to be perfectly honest. But really, we should be hearing that from Democrats. Uh, in terms of where we differ, you know, I've heard small things here and there. Uh, I think what you're going to see with me is you're going to find somebody who is a who is genuine with New Yorkers. Anytime I get asked the question of, you know, uh, President Trump and working for him, I always say the truth, which is I was very proud to work for President Trump. I was proud of the four years that I worked in the White House. I was proud of working on keeping his regulatory promise that for every regulations he'd sign into law, he'd cut two. Frank, by the way, that number was over eight to one by the mm. time he left the White House. And that was why we saw the economic boom and maybe not the Bidenflation that we've been seeing recently. <laughs> so for me, I think what you're going to get is somebody who's genuine, who's going to talk to voters directly, uh, whether or not it's something that uh, they uh, whether it's not something the media may want to hear, or may not want to hear. I'm going to be genuine with voters, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've connected so well. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Andrew Giuliani. He's a Republican candidate for governor. Today is the first day to circulate petitions for both the Democratic and Republican candidates for, uh, you know, uh, candidates for every office in the state. If you want to learn more about his candidacy or how you can get involved, you can go to nyforgiuliani.com. That's nyforgiuliani.com. You mentioned President Trump. You not only have a connection with him, but you have a connection connection to someone else who folks view as a little bit polarizing in a blue a blue state especially that's Rudy Giuliani is it <laughs> too is it too much of a, an obstacle in a blue state that voted 60% plus for Joe Biden with your mm-hmm. connection with Trump and your father to be able to win over de- enough democrats and independents mm-hmm. to win in November well, I take a little bit of a different approach to it, and it's interesting. If, if you look and dig deeper into the crosstabs of this most recent Siena poll that had us you know, beating Congressman Zeldin and Rob Astorino by 20 points each, um, one of the things, if you look at Democratic support for Republican candidates, nobody en- ever ends up cracking 15 percent, maybe 16 percent, I think, is that number. For us, in the last three polls for Democrats, that number has been 26 27 and 27 percent. And I think that's because people understand at a time in New York where we're seeing crime continue to rise, chaos continue to get out of control at this point. uh, They understand that the next successful governor is going to have to take a playbook or I'm going to I'll say is going to have to use the Giuliani playbook. 
Uh, and so that's something that's associated with. So I think we, when when voters hear our message, they understand very mm. simply that we're going to go out there and every single day I'm going to ask myself and I'm going to ask our staff, what are we going to do today to make New York a safer place? So uh, so, so for me, look, I, I'm, I'm very pr- I would say, Frank, actually, to be honest, as a son, and this is not a candidate for governor speaking anymore. This is a son. I am more proud of my father today than I have ever been in my life, including after September 11th, including uh, while he was mayor, because he took on a fight that he knew was not popular, that he knew he would be attacked for. But he did it because it it was the right thing to do and because he saw the problems that ended up happening in the 2020 election, and he had the guts to do it. And that's why, as a son, I'm more proud of him now than I've ever been. Well, that's wonderful to hear, and uh, I've uh, gotten to know him a bit since he's been working here, and uh, I've become an even bigger fan uh, than I was previously. Now, uh, when I when I mentioned that I was going to have you on the radio today, I asked listeners to send in a few questions. One question that uh, one listener su- submitted was, what managerial and or political experience do you have that qualifies you rather than the other candidates to be the CEO of New York State? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, look, working in the White House for four years and specifically, uh, I'll I'll take one instance in particular, the Paycheck Protection Program, right? While the world was shutting down with COVID, uh, I had the opportunity to work uh, under President Trump and work directly with the Treasury Department and Fortune 500 companies, along with the Small Business Trade Association, to help develop the Paycheck Protection Program. In six days, uh, we were able to get out. Uh, billions of dollars to go uh, to to all of the different, uh, not just businesses, but more importantly, uh, to those people that that were temporarily being laid off. Um, so I think when you look at a time of chaos, uh, I think I think we've been able to see uh, that I've been able to really deliver for New Yorkers. On top of that, uh, one of the things that I was able to do in, in working uh, with the Treasury Department again and Health and Human Services was actually worked to refund over $4 million to the 9-11 Health Victims Fund. There was a, uh, not to bore everybody, but basically the taxpayer identification numbers were, uh, were mixed up with Medicare. And that ended up happening uh, back in the Bush administration, went through Obama. Uh, of course, uh, under the Trump administration, we saw it and we were able to fix it. Shows again uh, the bureaucracy of Washington, D.C., the same bureaucracy that we see in Albany. Uh, so, look, w- when you're working at the White House, uh, especially as you have a role as special assistant to the president, uh, you know, you're really managing at the very top of government uh, in the world. Uh, and so for me, it's certainly uh, I would say I aged in dog years in my time uh, in working in the White House, especially in that last year as we were dealing with COVID and the effects mm. of Mm. Uh, you uh, are one of the newer candidates you alluded to was Harry Wilson. A lot mm. of people are very high on him because he is going to have a lot of money. He can write himself and mm-hmm. already has a big check and make himself uh, almost dollar for dollar competitive with Governor Hochul. He, he yeah. also has been getting some criticism from conservative corners of the world for a donation that he made uh, to Alvin Bragg. The last time you and I spoke on the radio, uh, yep. you had called for Governor Hochul to remove uh, Alvin Bragg as the DA and indicated that if you're elected governor, you would do just that. In your view, does that Harry Wilson donation to Alvin Bragg disqualify him from being governor, at least being the Republican nominee? 
Well, I think I certainly think, uh, you know, and I think his response to it was, uh, I thought he would be a good DA. Uh, I think that certainly questions judgment at the very least, right? I mean, Alvin Bragg, you know, we knew what he was going to be as a candidate, right? I mean, he ended up campaigning on what he basically did in those first couple of days, which is he was going to decriminalize not just misdemeanors, but resisting arrest and uh, armed robbery as well. Um, so uh, I do think it certainly calls uh, his judgment into question, and, and I think it, you know, it, it makes, you, makes you wonder, is he going to be tough on crime, or is he going to uh, kind of be for more of this social justice movement? Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that's what Republicans are looking for, or even many independents or Democrats are looking for mm. uh, in their next governor of the state of New York. Now, as we mentioned, today is the first day of petitioning. And today, in the heart of New York Republicanism, in Staten Island, you're going to be on hand for a big event uh, this afternoon. Your father, Mayor Giuliani, is going to be there. And Curtis Lewa, the, uh, our colleague on the weekend and the former Republican nominee for mayor of New York City, he's going to be there. You guys are all going to be at the Annadale Terrace starting at uh, what time today? From 4 to 9 o'clock today. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're off work a little early, come on in. But if you're not, come on in after work. Come on. Uh, come meet uh, Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. Come meet Curtis Lewa, uh mayoral candidate and founder of the Guardian Angels. And you could meet me as well. Come pick up your petitions, sign your petitions, come take a picture with us, talk a little politics, uh, have a little drink, and, uh, you know, let's figure out how we're going to make sure that 3 million, the 2.9 million registered Republicans around the state get a say on primary day. Well, it's uh, certainly going to be something. That's at the Annadale Terrace on Stanton Island, which is at 801 Annadale Road. It's pretty close to my house, so I'm going to probably try and bring uh, young Carmine by to uh, meet uh, the, the man who may be his governor one day. Who knows? <laughs> or if not his governor, maybe his father-in-law. We'll see. You know— you know, Car- one day Carmine and Grace are going to have to meet at some point. You know, they're only a few days apart. But the one thing I got to tell you, though, Frank, uh, Grace did promise me that first day when I was holding her, she said they're going to be no- – I told her, I said, <laughs> this is a handshake, no boyfriends till you're 25. So, Car- <laughs> you know, they could be platonic, but, you know, he's got 24 years and, and, uh, and, and nine months before he can make his first move. Fair enough. Uh, this afternoon or this evening, <laughs> 4 to 9, the Annadale Terrace. See Curtis, see Rudy Giuliani, Andrew Giuliani. The event's uh, free. There's going to be some great food there. You could sign the petition. You could pick up petitions. And uh, you can, um, you know, really hear firsthand from the man who'd like to be your next governor. Uh, Andrew, it's always a treat to talk with you. Thank you. Frank, thanks for having me on. I look forward to seeing you at Annadale Terrace tomorrow, 4 to 9 o'clock. Today, 4 to 9 o'clock over here. I, I, I can't wait. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to comment on any portion of my discussion with Andrew Giuliani, give me a call, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. Straight ahead. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 